You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Mother Mother, a true rock band from Vancouver, British Columbia, who are touring in support of their seventh album, Dance and Cry. Yes, you heard that right, their seventh album. I got to link up with both Ryan and Jasmine of the band minutes before they took to a sold-out crowd at the Gramercy Theater here in New York. You'll undoubtedly hear some of the backstage busyness in the background, but trust me when I say you're going to love this talk. We go into how their latest album came to be and the honest perspectives which the band were operating on to produce such a quality piece of work. This is the 405 Exchange with Mother Mother. Enjoy. So for years I've heard what your band was in terms of the live show. Like anytime people have talked about your band, it's always been in regards to a live show. So tell me, how would you describe a mother mother show to someone like me who's never seen you live before? Um well it's very well orchestrated. Musically, like compositionally, we treat the set like a song. We want it to flow in our peaks and valleys and be connected and not have any moment of lull. Or awkwardness so we put a lot of care and craft in the set and then performance wise you know we really are passionate we try to be as authentic and connected to the fans as possible um, I like to speak really positively and hopefully to the people throughout the show just to create a nice like um, hopeful thematic conversation intertwined with the music so we want it to be kind of like a healing experience when people come out of the shows. You know what I love about that, and it might sound kind of really obvious, but everything you said to me makes me think of things that you probably aren't, and like you're not assured to see at other live shows, like it's not a given. And I wonder if some of that thought process of what you guys put into your live shows is recognizing that these are things that might be lacking in a general sense in like other live shows, in a general, like in a very general sense, of course. Yeah, it's hard to say, like, don't see a lot of live shows. I think our, our show becomes more therapeutic the more we grow as people. It's almost like a, a mirror image of kind of where we're at with ourselves. There was a time when like I would be a little bit obtuse and, obtuse and esoteric and, and confusing with my banter and maybe the show wasn't as connected because that's just where we were at as people. Like, you know, as we get older and grow and I think get healthier in mind and body and spirit, the show gets healthier. Agreed. That's what good. Back in November, you released your seventh album, Dance and Cry. I mean, first off, congrats on making it to a seventh album. <laughs> That's something that just, I think it's not, it should be highlighted what an achievement that is in itself, guys. Like, that's really huge. Yeah. It feels good, actually. Yeah, does it feel like an achievement? Because, I mean, I don't want to hammer on about just contrast and things in a general, in a very general sense, but I think it's quite obvious that not many bands get to achieve that achievement. Yeah, I think it's like so, it, it's so massively to do with how a band gets along. Like, most bands probably don't make it because they don't get along, you know, or they can't get through the stuff that happens because you're basically a family. And I feel like, you know, the, the, even if there's success around it, the internal success is what matters more than anything. And, and we've, I think, I think we can safely say we've, we've achieved that through many, many trials and tribulations, but our relationship is far more powerful now because of it. 
Would I be silly for thinking that when you go into the studio to make your seventh album, you feel like you kind of have a hang on it in terms of like what to do? Like, does it feel kind of like not coasting, but does it feel kind of like all right, we've been in the studio a couple of times, we know what we're doing, or is it almost the opposite? No, there's certainly um, trappings that you don't fall into uh, that you've learned the hard way why not to fall into. And that's a gift that comes with experience. But also there's the, the yearning to do things in a way that's better than you've ever known to do them. So there's always that component too, that thirst to revolutionize your technique or your relationship with translating an idea to the framework of a song to the production of an album. Yeah. I not only mentioned that the album came out back in November, but when I think about it, just considering of like how the world is now, it almost feels like ages ago. And I wonder like since that time has passed and obviously you guys are in tour now, do you feel like enough time has passed where you can like look back on when the album was finished and do you like are you aware of how you feel about the album as a whole? Like do you feel enough time has passed where you have an opinion on the album that you made? Mm, I haven't listened to it in a while. That's a good question actually, because there is a time that goes by the beginning where you listen to it a lot and you have a hard time really having a grasp on what the external world will feel about it because you have no uh, vantage point, um, no bird's eye ability, um, but then some time passes and you sort of slowly can listen to it again and then it's it's way more like, it's more like a breath of fresh air. I'm like, I think I'm getting to the point now where I could listen to it from front to back and be like, and really take it in in that way. But I still am so proud of it and think it's just fabulous. <laughs> what would you say in that regard? I mean, I have a hundred things I could um, criticize it for, but I can't say that it's dishonest in any way. I think it's a very honest record, and and for that reason, I think it's a good record, a great record, and I think it'll always be a great record, even if I um, change. I will always be able to look back and and know that that album came from a really honest place. And so for me, that's a success. I love that you use that word honest because my experience of listening to the record and then having a chance to live with it for a couple weeks was very much that that aspect of honesty, but very much so in the element of how direct it is and very immediate in regards to the songs. I feel like that was a really great contrast where. The songs didn't really give me a chance to pause, but also the words were very direct within they were referencing. Is that something you were kind of hoping to achieve in regards to the album as itself? Because I felt like that's a very beautiful component of it. I mean, I wasn't trying to try to achieve. I think that was the maybe the, the key to this album's success in, a, in its authenticity. I just, I couldn't think an album into being. I had to feel it into being, just because I was in a really feeling space. I was going through some emotional stuff that was almost like an upheaval of my soul. And there was no other way to write songs but to just feel them out into being. And I think as a byproduct, things like direct language and themes um, came to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but when you put it that way, it almost sounds like having things being in a sense of metaphor, a sense of like indirect imagery would almost do a disservice to those feelings. Would I be wrong in thinking that? Yeah, I think whenever you're going through um, an emotional time, whether it be good or bad, you can it can be a disservice to try and intellectualize it or figure it out. 
um, there's something beautiful in expressing your way through it and just feeling your way through it. There's the, the wisdom, I think, is in the feelings and not so much in the thinking. What I really love about that is, because earlier I kind of brought up the aspect about the times we're living in, but what you just said, it's kind of very interesting to me how that's almost a statement within itself, considering how now we're at a time where you kind of have to always over-intellectualize your feelings and always kind of know exactly how you feel in a particular moment. But when you consider the human experience, it's kind of impossible. Yeah, words are kind of like um, the second best thing to just feeling. What do you say is the first thing? Feeling. Obvious times. Yeah. <laughs> but feeling is rich, so we want to talk about it, we want to communicate it, so we attach these words. But the words aren't the true thing. They're just, um, they're like a facsimile of the experience of an emotion itself. I know it's a pretty big question, but what would you say this album says about where Mother Mother is as a band right now? Mother Mother should be like child child right now because <laughs> I think that this is kind of a rebirth we've I think we're writing and producing more vulnerable vulnerable music because there's probably a, a healthier relationship with child trauma that's being unearthed and uh, dealt with which then enables a, a person to express more from that place more openly and less protected with less cynicism guarding the truth so in that sense yeah child child would be maybe a more appropriate moniker <laughs> are these conversations you find yourself having within the band oh the yeah <laughs> maybe maybe me and jasmine oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're always having existential <laughs> crises conversations uh, no we're just in a healthy place i would say we're, we're in a, a place of understanding that we're messed up and that we need to work on it. And so we're, we're actively working on it. So that makes us all the more healthy and continuously growing and learning. What I love about that is like, it kind of reminds me of everything that made me fall in love with bands when I first got in love with music. Like particular band like The Clash where like you would see their uh, imagery and the way they were talking interviews and you really got the sense that they were very much like a gang like mm -hmm. kind of like the band within itself was a safe space for the people in the band does it kind of feel that way at all is that kind of like a bit of a not too heavy of a word safe space in regards sure to but absolutely it is yeah. a safe space for people to be vulnerable and put themselves out there and take a risk in in expressing themselves yeah. yeah, it's a family. Yeah. People don't realize the sort of like you create this thing and it creates its own world and life and it has this sort of bubble around it. It's like any relationship, but it's like a relationship within a relationship within a relationship, you know, with five people sort of doing a thing together that they all really care about. So it really creates this sort of container, um, which tends to feel kind of safe, like somebody's chosen family. I love that. Um, I want to start asking about some of the music. Um, the title track of your last album, uh, Dancing Cry, has such a beautiful sentiment to it, especially in how chaotic the song <laughs> gets from a musical perspective. Now, I hear a song like that, and initially my brain goes into like, what was it even like in the studio to make sense of a song like this? So tell me, what was it like for you to do that? Um, I mean, it was a challenging song to rein in. Yeah, the chaos <laughs> of that song, sonically, was challenging just on a sheer technical frequential basis, like getting the highs and the lows 
and the mids to all come together and work. The song wanted to get brash and get fangy and as a byproduct unpleasant. Um, so yeah, it took a lot of a lot of time and care to, to rein that one in. But then you also you don't want to clip its wings. So it was a balancing act. Do you now considering with everything I've heard about your live show, is the live show in its current iteration, is it a place where you could take songs like that where within a studio recording you do have to eventually have things be somewhat contained is the live show where you kind of like let the cage out a little bit and kind of like let the things come out more oh, is yeah. that what it is <laughs> totally mm -hmm. yeah well you have to you have to because there's so much more to a song than what you can just sort of play in here off of a recording which is a snapshot whereas it's like a living breathing organism when you play it live and it changes a little bit every day depending on you and everybody yeah. else in it and so it's always like um surprising in a really a beautiful way yeah you get to know it more the more you play it you get to know yourself within it more it gets to know you so yeah it's a shame that we can't record an album after two years of touring it mm -hmm. it's almost backwards that you you immortalize the song before you and it have really gotten to know each other. Have you guys ever put out a live album? A lot of people have asked us whether we're going to do a live album because there's a lot of fans that come. We talk to people after the shows often, and I hear it probably at least once a show. You guys have to do a live record. Mm -hmm. We really should do a live record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we yeah, should. For it's sure. just, you know, one of those things. That just, yeah. It's a logistical feat, and yeah. Yeah. you got to find the right venue. And we put out many live things, lots of live recordings and live videos. So we've definitely put energy into that. Yeah, just never a whole record. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be cool. If there was a live record, what venue do you think it would have to be in? Because I imagine with all the touring you guys have done now, there's probably a venue that very much feels like a second home to you in some ways. Maybe the Commodore. The Commodore, yeah, yeah that's in what Vancouver. I would have said. Is that yeah. in Toronto? In Vancouver, Vancouver. Where, where we live. And it's a, a room that holds about 1,200 people, but it's a, a classic rock club that has the production value to make it feel like it. Ha there's some prestige. It's classy. But then yeah. it's also rough around the edges, so you kind of feel like you can bleed and sweat into the experience. I think I heard the Dandy Worlds talk about that room a couple years back. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, uh, one of the things I want to ask you about is uh, the song Get Up. Um, I wonder, are you also, when it, because I brought up the energy before in regards to Dance and Cry, and when I heard Get Up, it made me think about this, and it might be almost a silly question, so feel free to call it if it is, but as people in the band, are you surprised when you're able to achieve energy in regards to a song like that? Because I felt like that song particularly, there's like a youthfulness, like a sense of abandon that's very particular. I mean, I think there's, I have only wonder and awe and curiosity for the creative process and no answers you know it's I, it's a very magical exchange um, between I guess a person a vessel or a group of people and then the forces that be that produce a song that has a, a life of its own a message or an energy yeah, and I think the, the more you try to decode it, the more you might interfere with it. I would say that's very true. Uh, I only have a youth for a little bit of time, but before I let you go, I really wanted to ask about uh, All Right. I mean, last week you dropped a video for this tune, 
Uh, what I loved most about the video was how the direct the directness of the facial expressions contrasts with the beauty of the directness of the song. It's one of those songs where I feel like you could have almost felt afraid to put a video out because you wouldn't want people to either take away or have something be inferred. But I felt like the way you approached it was really telling in that like this is what the song's about. It has a universal meaning forever gets to listen to it, but there is that matter of like coming together. What was it like not only just making that video but having those conversations about it? Yeah, the big conversation was, you know, is this not gonna connect or is this gonna feel trite even even though it's a very authentic thing we did is it going to feel trite because when you're vulnerable and you're and you're um public with that people can maybe feel as though you're you're using uh you're commodifying vulnerability to sell something or to be effective and that's that's not a good result and so that was a fear but the fear of all of these things was the very reason to do it. Yeah. It's like the whole point of the song is to be vulnerable with your shit and to get it out and not be afraid to talk about it. And so by doing this campaign the way we've done it is just another extension of that ethos. And I love that you use that word particularly because in terms of writing the song, I read how it's all about the healing quality of self-forgiveness. And um, I find it very beautiful that you choose to highlight something like that in a song because and I feel this way about a lot of songs, but with this particularly, it always gets me how there's things we all recognize, all experience, but we rarely discuss. And I feel like what's beautiful about this song is it kind of touches on something that we all have to reconcile with, no matter what our experiences are. Yeah. And it kind of, it's able to articulate that. Was that kind of the hope in some ways with the song? Well, the, the song inspired people to come forth with their own stories, which then prompted the idea of advocating for storytelling, for people to, you know, hopefully talk to themselves about their problems, you know, but maybe before you talk to yourself, you need to tell other people. Maybe by telling other people, you give yourself permission to address it internally. But the reaction to the song is what um, catalyzed a life of its own. We just, at that point, kind of tried to get out of the way and just steer the energy that the song was creating in the most healthy and respectful direction without, like, thinking too much about it. And, you know, Jasmine, you said something that I really loved about, like, how uh, you still talk to fans after shows. I mean, mm -hmm. that might sound like a little thing for people to hear and something to point out, but the fact that you guys are seven records and still tour a lot, the fact that you still make it a point to do that, I think that's really great. Yeah, we try to do that as much as possible. In Canada, it's not as possible, so we have, like, a VIP thing where people can come and buy tickets. We do an acoustic performance for them. It's a whole, like organized thing but down here we can kind of like with the smaller shows we can kind of just come out and say hey come say hi and it's actually like really heartwarming it's it's it really feeds the soul to go out and chat with people it's awesome and they're so they don't expect it everyone's like i've been to so many shows a band's never done this and we're like, wow you know like it's a great hour to take out of your evening and just chat with people what I love about that is it's kind of you guys taking that element of what the safe space the band gives to you and providing that for your fans who also find that within your music as well. It's kind of like a great contrasting of worlds that wouldn't exist without your music. That's mm -hmm. really something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Try. It's medicine. Uh, not that we call any other band down for not doing it. <laughs> we get why you don't, but yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but you should do it because it'll make should, your yes. heart feel it'll good. It'll make you a better person. <laughs> yeah, that's all time, I have time for. But guys, thanks so much for taking the time. I mean, for people listening who might be confused, when a band comes to New York, it's always a crazy, crazy day. You guys just had a crazy day, and you're about to go on stage. Thank you so much for taking the yeah, time. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. It's really nice chat. to talk to you. I really do appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. Inside my head, beside, I was behind my meds. I'm lonely, lost in pain. It's alright.